You're listening to the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. So week ones is just about in the books, and some things were surprising. Some things, as per usual, Christian McCaffrey doing work. Welcome back to another episode, guys, to the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. Pound for pound, the heaviest fantasy football show out on the market. As, as always, it's your boys, King Josh, Josh the King, Big Rome, and the Fantasy Fish. What the fuck's going on, y'all? How you guys doing? All right, so... uh like I said, some surprises, some not so much surprises. So for today's slate, we got your news and noise from around the league. We got your waiver wire pickups and then a new segment introducing this year. We're going to call it your pinks and your stinks. You get two in the pink, you get one in the stink. Shocking players. <laughs> sometimes it's good. Sometimes there's going to be extra pinks because it feels so good. So we'll yeah. see. So let's just dive right in. So first off, I'm going to just talk about Brandon Ayuk. We were talking about him pre-show. Uh, so Trent Sherfield, I didn't even know who that man was. He was uh, played in favor of Brandon Ayuk, who received zero targets. And somewhere along the line, head coach uh, Shanahan mentioned that Brandon Ayuk is still learning how to be a pro. And that is very concerning to me. Rome, you're our resident 49er fan. What are your thoughts on that? Dude, at this point, I don't even know what to think. I need more information to come out. I, I watched that game start to finish. Not only, I mean, this guy didn't even get a target. He was on the field, though. Like, that's what I'm trying to understand. You did see him out there. Yes, Sherfield. I mean, he looked good in preseason. I get the name. I get where he's coming from. I know that, uh, I know that Mr. Shanahan likes Sherfield. I just don't understand what happened with Ayuk and how listen, it's not just me. Like I I picked up Ayuk, but I'm not the only guy in fantasy football that was loving on this kid. So I'm not really sure where this drop off came from and how nobody knew about it. See my concern though is that San Francisco put up forty one points and the fact that this man received zero targets, not even one look. And I even watching the game I was like, is Ayuk even, in? is he hurt? Like, is there something, did I miss something? And like, I'm, I'm scrolling through like stat pages. Cause you know, the downfall of watching red zone is it's hard to pay attention to all the games, but I just kept thinking like, am I missing something? Why is Ayuk, his name is, and number is not getting called. Turns out he just wasn't targeted. And, and although, and on the flip side, San Francisco defense, what the hell was that? I mean, is Detroit legit or is San Francisco <laughs> bad? <laughs> Dude, to the end of the game, I'm not going to lie to you. I was shitting bricks. Absolutely shitting bricks. Uh, for a team that looked, they dominated. They dominated most of that game. And then they just tried to give it. It's like they just took their foot off the gas and were like, we're good. We're It's all great. Hey, listen, that defense got exposed a little bit. Uh, Penny Suwal, by the way, the tackle for Detroit. First round pick. Dude, he looks good. He yeah, gave Boza, should have taken him. <laughs> he gave Boza everything he could handle. Dude didn't have a sack. He might have had one sack, I think. He he lucked into an effort sack, but yeah, man, it's just 
Go ahead. If we're talking rookie tackles, man, as a Charger fan, Rashawn Slater, my God, yeah. rookie out of Northwestern, shut down look good, uh, man. Chase Young. So happy about it. So you look good. Fish, why are you shaking your head? No, what's happening? <laughs> Darren Waller got a catch, and then they call it a penalty. Oh, oh yeah, the Monday night football games. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to win. <laughs> um, moving on. So uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in the Charger game, speaking of the Charger game, he actually uh, dislocated his hip or just has a major hip injury. They're talking he's going to miss eight-ish weeks. So the Washington football team signed quarterback Kyle Shermer, and looks like they're going to be moving forward with uh, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen as the quarterback. So uh, I'm I'm a little sad being uh, having very very many shares of Antonio Gibson in the fantasy universe to take a massive downgrade at quarterback like that. Little tough, little worried, and I, I do have a couple shares of Terry McLaurin out and about as well, and Logan Thomas. I actually have a lot of Washington shares, and that's uh, it's kind of upsetting to hear. Yeah, that's also no longer my surprise team <laughs> because I I said they were going to win the division by a few games, and I do not believe that anymore. Yeah. Uh, also in that game, looks like Larry Roundtree's the backup running back that you want. What was surprising to me. Austin Eckler, he did have a rushing touchdown. You know, he was banged up all week, missed a lot of practice. But he was targeted zero times in the passing game, which, I mean, that's Austin Eckler's bread and butter. Yeah, this is true. We'll see if that was just a game plan thing. And that's kind of what I was going to mention about the IU thing. Is I think it's getting hard to trust Kyle Shanahan, circling back on that. And maybe there's a reason that, Sermon was scratched. And a lot of people are saying that he was beat out in the preseason. I don't necessarily believe that to be true. I think it might be something where either Shanahan's hiding his cards here or basically they are going to be playing different players depending upon the teams they're playing against. I mean, you're not wrong, but my like circling back, my concern is they put up 41 points. You know, it's just I I don't get it. But to also talk about that game, Raheem Mostert, my to Ugh. the moon, Raheem Mostert. God damn man! Now he, uh, what they say his injury was? It was a uh, so no, they he chipped like a something his meniscus, he chipped in his, his knee cartilage. or something like yeah, that's it, cartilage. I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't either, I'll but apparently what, he'll find a way shit. to get hurt. I called you that. Did. They put it out there, and I tweeted five seconds later that he's going to get hurt this game. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, did. that totally fucked all of my DFS lineups because I had mustard <laughs> in almost all of them. <laughs> fucked a lot of things for a lot of people. <laughs> Especially in a very plus matchup. Man, Raheem Mostert just can't stay healthy. But rookie Elijah Mitchell out there just balling out. Yeah, uh, he stepped on the in other side of the ball for well. Detroit, cornerback uh, Jeff Okuda, he ruptured his Achilles tendon. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. So that, you know, you hate to see these young players just get banged up like that. It really sucks. Uh, yeah, another, DB that got, another DB got hurt. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, the newly very rich paid New Orleans Saint DB. He's going to miss a couple of weeks because he uh, jammed up his thumb pretty bad and he has to have or either had a thumb surgery. That's uh, disappointing. Yeah, that's going to suck. He's a shutdown corner. I was, I did think a, a Debo looked good filling in when he was gone. They still shut down Aaron Rodgers. So. Is he a rookie? Yes. yes. Good for him. God damn. Oh, yeah. Fit, uh, Rome, you were talking about him before the show saying that Dude. he was your favorite. 
Guy's a stud, man. He's a stud. He's going to fill in nicely. The thing with Lattimore, too, he got hurt early, didn't he? And then came back. I saw him wearing a cast. Like, what a tough son of a bitch. No wonder they paid him. Yeah, he did come back, but yeah. they're probably going to still sit him. They almost paid him $100 million. <laughs> yeah. Well, Saints money. did bring in uh, Nickel Roby, Bradley Roby, one of the Robies. <laughs> uh, moving yeah. on, Jets left tackle Makai Beckton was carted off with a serious injury. It turns out he mm. dislocated his kneecap and then was popped back into place, so there's no timeline Ouch. out for that. But, I mean, to lose a – you know, the the Jets are like a borderline good team, and Mackay Beckman's actually a very good offensive tackle, and to lose him, that's uh, that's very disappointing. Uh, Jerry Judy yeah. suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss anywhere between four to six and up to eight weeks. So that's, again, these young players, man, just very disappointing. And he was actually – he wasn't having a bad game. You know, we talked about how um, – you know, uh, Jerry Judy would be the wide receiver to to roster in um, for Denver. And where's his stat line? Well, you're looking. I mean, he was definitely proving that point. He was, was proving that? that point that you've been making for a couple of weeks now that he yeah. was going to be the guy. He, they were targeting him heavy in that game. So it's really hey, a shame that this injury went down. He was the most targeted receiver outside of Noah Font. But, you know, he, he had seven targets, six catches for 72 yards. Like, that's actually a very good game. On his way to a good game, but then that, man, that ankle injury looked pretty nasty, too. We have a an ongoing joke in our home league that I'm, I basically am the curse, and I can never <laughs> have healthy players ever. And Director Ross and I were talking about it, and I said, you know what? I think I might just have to only do podcasting and never actually play fantasy football anymore because all the players I like seem to get hurt. It's very disappointing. Uh, Moving on, Damian Harris had a costly fumble that lost them the game to Miami. And if we know anything about old Billy boy, old Billy sweater over there, he doesn't like fumbles. Do we, uh, what what do we think about Harris? uh, Well, Stevenson fumbled it too. Yeah, that was like was his only carry of the game, and yeah. then so what's the next? What's the next piece? You know, do they bring in JJ Taylor and see what he does? I think that Belichick's going to have to get over himself with this. Like, it works when you have great running backs who don't fumble, but if they're all going to fumble, like, what you going to pick and choose? You can't. Somebody has to play. Yeah, but knowing Billy, he's going to have some practice squad running back that also plays special teams that's going to come in Brandon Bolden style. Well, that's half- J.J. Taylor, right? He was, I believe so. Uh, healthy, healthy scratch this game, but he could come in. I mean, they could put White back there also. I was just thinking that too. Well, towards the end of yeah. the game, they were they went James White's route. You know, they were basically like he said, hey, fuck you to the other guys. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, cause that was the same thing because – I wasn't really watching that game, but then all of a sudden I kept hearing James White's name, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I look, and I was like, "What? What? What's actually happening right now?" And then I saw that there was a fumble, and I was like, "Oh, that makes sense. That's uh, a very Bill Belichick thing." Uh, moving on, Tyrell Williams, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, he is in the concussion protocol after taking a shot to the head on Sunday. So, the, I mean, <laughs> the depleted team of Detroit I guess get all the shares of TJ Hawkinson you can I guess 
Dude, dude, I'm going to say his name since we're talking about it. And I watched the game. I know you hate it, Joshy, but here it goes. Quintez fucking Cephas. <laughs> Did you see him? Guy was making yeah. catches all over the place. He's going to be a stud depending on how long uh, Ty Williams is out for. It, uh, you know what? Is it possible that the San Francisco 49ers defense is just that bad that Quintez Cephas looked yeah. good? It's possible because Verrett went down with the ACL tear. Did Cephas really look good, though? He had three receptions for 12 yards and a touchdown. Like, yes, his touchdown, and yes, some of those catches were you nice. You get in the end zone, that's, I'll take it. It's way better than Ayuk. That's seven fantasy points. I mean, it, it didn't look that great. <laughs> you know, the, the thing with uh, Jason Verrett, like, when I saw that he actually got hurt, that really bummed me out because, you know, he was a first-round draft pick by the Chargers a few years back. And yeah. another guy who's so goddamn talented just can't. Just I, I, he's still so young, but honestly, this might be it for Verrett. I just I don't see there. There's no way a team takes a chance on him after this. I, I've never seen anybody that talent, like that superstar talented. Because coming out of TCU, that guy was an animal, and they'd be injured every single year, and then last year finally get this chance to shine with the Niners, and he did. Dude, he he was great last year. To go down week one and go down to a to an ACL tear, I'm like my heart breaks for him mm-hmm. and the 49ers defense. Another injury prone player, Rashad Penny, reaggravated a calf injury, and he's expected to be shut down for a few weeks. And a source says that he may have a stint on the IR as a solution. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean he lives Penny there now, man. right? So. <laughs> yeah. uh, Evan Ingram, he did not play yesterday. And granted, they had an off day today, but they still have to send a practice report. So if there was a practice day, Evan Engram wouldn't have practiced today. They are the Thursday night game. So again, be prepared to pivot if you have Engram on your team. Uh, Zach Martin, right guard for the Dallas Cowboys. He's been activated from the COVID-19 list, which is thank God because, man, I, Tampa Bay does have a great defensive line, but they need all the help they can get on that offensive line, especially if you're a Zeke manager out there. That was, uh, God, they were just, that backup guard was just getting pummeled by Vita Vea. And I did tweet about it where, I mean, I love Vita Vea. I think he's an absolute stud. That gut looks heavy. You see that thing? He's, he's a beastie of a man. That is a a big boy. (laughs) Uh, Michael Gallup, he's now been placed on IR. So, yeah, I kind of feel bad for Michael Gallup. I feel like if he was on any other team. He'd be a stud wide receiver on just about any other team. But when Mari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, this guy's just not going to get play. No. And you got Zeke. Like, you can't forget about Zeke, who's going to – he's going to merit touches. Like, no matter how you look at it, it's it's tough for Gallup to get any love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamison Crowder, he has a chance to play in week two against the Patriots. He was out on the COVID herpes list. Uh, I mean, not – Big news, but you know, hey, any additional help to the uh, wide receiver core doesn't hurt, especially because talk about tail of two different halves for Zach Wilson, where he was just looked like absolute dog shit in the first half. Then my boy Corey Davis, just you know, huge coming up on that. Um, I think that's it for news. Did I miss anything? That was about that's it. it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Let's uh, kind of do our slight recap of the week. We're talking our pinks and our stinks. Gentlemen, 
listeners out there, if you don't know what the chakra is, you get two in the pink and one in the stink. So we're going to flavor you sexually with some players that got us all titillated and fancied. So this week, you know, I'm going to start us right off the bat. My first pink, as I just said, Corey Davis. Goddamn, that gave me a hard on, which all game was very stressed. Very Could not... I was like, man, Corey Davis, Zach Wilson looks like dog shit. What was that? That preseason, man, you fucking lied. You fucking lied to me. All this, yeah. this whole this whole preseason for the season, I kept talking about fucking Corey Davis. I was like, hey, man, Corey Davis is the man. He's legit. And then what does he do? He goes out there, and he gets me five catches for 97 yards and two touchdowns. Just absolute monster of a game. Very proud. And it's like, hey, cool. I was actually right about something. Rome, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with the guy I've been harping up myself pretty much all year long, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown came out there and absolutely delivered as the number three wide receiver on that roster, even though I got to be honest, he looks like the, at least at this point, target share wise, the number two, because Godwin definitely did take the, the heavy load on that. But Antonio Brown, you got to be excited seeing him do that he looked he looked like his old self did he not yeah he looked great five for 121 and a touchdown especially in that that he his touchdown catch was like a 30 some yard catch and he just got behind the defender looked like yeah vintage antonio back in the old pittsburgh days fish who's got you all sexually aroused yeah my first player that's got me aroused is mike williams we spoke about him last week, and you were kind of wondering why I was so high on him, and I think we just saw why, right? He had pretty much the same amount of targets as Keenan Allen, eight receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Almost had two touchdowns. little bit overthrown ball. He couldn't come down with it, but, I mean, Herbert spread the ball around like I was hoping, and as long as he stays healthy, I think he could keep this up. I th- is it possible that Mike Williams – is actually playing well because it's a contract year. So now all of a sudden he's never going to get injured. <laughs> Pay me that money. Although, you know what? Talking about Justin Herbert spreading the ball around, how is throwing an incomplete pass through the end zone considered a fumble? What the fuck was that? I think that was out of his hands before it went forward, man. I'm sorry, but if you look at it, it that defender punched it forward more so than he threw it forward. Yeah, but you it know what? Though? That was Tom Brady. If that was Tom Brady, they would have called it a throwing motion. It would have been an incomplete yeah, pass. Well, once he wins a few Super Bowls, he'll get that, he'll get that reverse. <laughs> my, my MVP candidate, Justin Herbert. All right, so my next uh, pink that got me all titillated. Uh, Rome, you and I both loved him. We were talking <sighs> about him in the preseason. David Montgomery, you know what? Going out there against that really tough Rams defense, and actually, you know, their offense <laughs> wasn't doing much. Still went out there, had 16 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Absolutely love it. I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's it's nice to see that that end-of-the-year tear that he just went on continued on to this year, especially after uh, facing an actual good defense this week in the L.A. Rams. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's, let's do a little bit of this uh, double penetration here. Dude, the guy, the workload is there. He's going to get the carries. He's going to get the workload. I I don't know if that continues If whenever Tariq Cohen comes back, if that happens. But, dude, as of right now, the guy is an absolute stud. Yeah. He's a it. starter and week he to did week. That against, 
a good defense too. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, if, like he was playing some chumps. If he beat up on the 49ers defense because they're the worst defense in the NFL, you know, you think <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but but you know, to actually go out there and do it against the Rams, that's that's very impressive. Actually, you know what? I wanted to. I actually wanted to share this stat with you guys, and I should have done it before the show actually started. But here's an interesting stat that came from Adam Schefter talking about the Rams. Matt Stafford is the first player in NFL history to have 300 passing yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions, and win the game with the debut of a new team. So, I mean, it's amazing. Hey, Rams is my Super Bowl choice. Looks okay right now. It's amazing to see when you have a competent quarterback with that offense and Sean McVay what it could actually look like. Yeah, it is crazy what you could get with a competent quarterback and a competent coach. A lot of times you'll see good quarterbacks go with bad coaching, Mm -hmm. or you'll see bad coaching with a great quarterback, and you see subpar or mediocre play. And when you tie the two together, that's where you get these, these, you know, these elite quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Rome, hit us with your next pink. Oh, I'll hit you with the next pink, all right. It's the guy I've also been harping up because I think he's by far and away the number one on the Minnesota receiving core, and that's Adam Thielen. I was, I've been saying it for a while. I think he's going to outscore Justin Jefferson. I know everybody's all hot and bothered by J.J., and that's fine. I'm going to keep it with my white boy, and I'm going to go Thielen all day. Like the guy, The guy put up some major numbers, and you can just see that he's – him and Cousins, they've got a connection that that Jefferson and Cousins don't have yet. They just don't have it. Right. And with the exit of Irv Smith in the preseason, I think that that value goes up even more, right? One thing I will say, though, is that Justin Jefferson, if you want to talk about a play that was called poorly, Josh, Justin Jefferson had a touchdown. Mm-hmm. His body was not down. His shin was not down. His, his ankle wasn't on the ground. You know what? To talk, the ball about the, the plane. to talk about the Minnesota offense for a second here, too. If you have to start Kirk Cousins in leagues, just look at the box score, whatever he scores after. Don't watch this man play. He is the most frustrating. To, he, he, this is what he does. The entire game, he just plays fine. No touchdowns, just game manager. Then all of a sudden, you look, he threw two touchdown passes. You're like, what the hell happened? How did I miss that? He is... He he did it last year. I I uh, I was in a two quarterback league last year. Uh, Kirk Cousins was my second quarterback, and same thing. Just you know, you, you look at his stat line all game. You're like seven points, six points. Like the fuck's wrong with my quarterback? And then all of a sudden you look like thirty three, and you're like, what the hell happened? He threw three touchdowns. That's what Kirk Cousins does. Fish, who's got you all hot and bothered? So I I went with Kyler Murray, but I was really 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 close to picking Jameis Winston. Uh, Kyler Murray, four touchdowns passing. He did have an interception. I don't know how much rushing yards he had on the night. I have to look. Let me look for that real quick. Regardless of the points he scored, he looked fantastic. He was throwing balls off his back foot accurately. Everything he did was was great. He didn't have one rush for 20 yards and a touchdown. That's five touchdowns in a game. There's nothing to be disappointed there. I know people are already high on him, so it's not like a surprise. But I didn't think people were... We're expecting him to get five touchdowns and score 30-some-odd points. Well, that's just because no one was expecting Green Bay to get absolutely (laughs) not show up. Yeah, Jameis, the Saints game plan, that's that's almost why I went with Jameis. He got five touchdowns, so it's convoluted. He completed 70-some percent of his passes, though. But Sean Payton 
70% exactly for 148 yards and five touchdowns. Sean Payton, he, I, I sent this out on Twitter. He had a touchdown pass on one-third of his passes. Yeah. Sean Payton will, knows how to use players and game plan in a way where James Winston won't have to pass for 300 yards. They'll, like I said, I think a week ago, and that's why I almost went with him. I feel like it was you can't go with him. He only threw for 148 yards, you know. Yeah. But if if the game plan changes, Winston he looked pretty good. He had a couple overthrown balls, but but I still went with Kyler, Kyler Murray just because it was it was more what you expect. I think this Jamie Winston thing is even if he does good, that's still a one off five touchdowns. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in a bonus pink there just because it feels so good. Debo Samuel, nine catches, 189 yards, and a touchdown. Mm. Absolutely, just Debo's a man. He's an absolute stud. I mean, we saw it. All, he had moments last year where he absolutely flashed, but he did have some injury problems. San Francisco always seems to have injury problems. I don't know what their deal is. They kind of remind me of the Chargers. Chargers always hurt. So Debo was kind of banged up last year, but I mean, you love to see that. So moving on. There's also the flip side of the shocker. You got your stinks. My stink of the week is stinks the entire Green Bay offense. At, like, what the fuck was that? Like, you know, if uh, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't fucking around all offseason actually practicing, not not saying that the Saints defense is, is bad because they're actually a very good defense, but to only put up three points, you know, Aaron Rodgers, 15 of 28 for 133 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Fields... And Trey Lance have more fantasy points than uh, than Aaron Rodgers. It, absolutely embarrassing. Aaron Jones five carries for nine yards. So does uh, what's his name from tonight? I can't even remember. Marcus Mariota. Yeah, Devontae Adams. I mean, he had five catches for fifty six yards. So I guess it somewhat salvage on a PPR night. But these That's are all terrible for your first round pick, though. Exactly. You know, you you, you draft because De, Devonte Adams, he's gonna have games like that. You know, wide receivers, it's hit and miss like that. But De, Devonte Adams has a baseline of fifteen points a game. You know, he had what twenty touchdowns last year. So I mean, it's just this was absolutely embarrassing. Um, again, just I Aaron Rodgers. Now I I tweeted out the thing saying that I think he's just trying to sabotage the Green Bay. But so much for our Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour twenty twenty one. It's off to a slow start. I I wonder how much of this, and I'm a Saints fan. I'm not going to say that they're some exceptionally <laughs> strong defense, but I wonder how much of it is their defense because they they're rece- they they, they stuff the run. They always have stuff to run, right? That's not news. They were blanketing those receivers. Basically, even Aaron Rodgers had nobody to throw it to. It's not like Aaron Rodgers was like really the problem here. Yeah. There was nobody to throw it to. That one interception where he just threw a bomb was basically a punt. And then the one in the end zone, or not the end zone, but in the red zone was, it was not the best throw, but it was also tipped and intercepted. It's not like it would have been an interception. It's not like it was a bad decision necessarily. So I kind of wonder how much, like I said, I'm a Saints fan. I still don't think they're going to be like the top defense in the league, but they're much improved from previous years, regardless of what the how poorly the Packers played. Yeah. Uh, Rome, who's your uh, stink of the week? I mean, the stink of the week is, and if you played him, I know he's in a little bit of a uh, 
50-50 over there in Tampa Bay, but Ronald Jones, good old Rojo, just, I mean, how terrible of a day. And he wasn't even the starter. This is the problem. This was something that I wasn't expecting. I thought he was going to come out and use all he had from last season, be the starter, get the touches. Dude, he's playing Dallas's defense. They are so, historically, they're weak, at least in the last couple of seasons. I was expecting them to be able to run the ball all over him. I didn't realize, I guess I shouldn't, I didn't say, I shouldn't say I didn't realize, dude. Like Brady, I knew it was going to be that. But I was expecting a lot more out of Rojo than he came. And, and I mean, he had negative points on the day. Yeah, he did. Look as I, fuck. I think, too, it's it's a little bit of a – it's kind of like the Bill Belichick story. Like, if you fumble, you aren't going to play again. Now, I call bullshit on that because Ronald Jones – or Leonard Fournette missed the easiest pass in the history of football, and it was intercepted. Yeah. And he wasn't benched for that. I think Bruce Arians just does not like Ronald Jones. And I think that – I think he should request a trade. I know that he wants to stay there to win a Super Bowl, but it's been shown that he's probably the better running back, and Bruce Arians doesn't like him as much. That was a really good catch by Hollywood Brown right there. <laughs> I missed it. But, but yeah, no, it, I, I get what you're saying. I just It, it does seem like that Arians does have like a, a weird bias for uh, – for uh, Tampa, I'm sorry, for Rojo. But Director Ross just had a note here that Rojo's actually a free agent after this year, so it's entirely possible. that. But generally speaking, you run them into the ground then. Just burn them out. Yeah, but I think that he'll not play in Tampa Bay again. I, I, I don't think, think he, Tampa Bay will want him back, and I don't think he wants to be back. Uh, no, Rojo, he'll, 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 be, he'll be with Baltimore or something next year. But I, I see that uh, I'm pretty sure that Fournette, and Geo are like more Bruce Arian guys because you know he went out and acquired Leonard Fournette. He just signed Geo, so I I think those are going to be his running backs of the future. Uh, moving on, Rome. Who's your stink of the week? Oh wait, we already went over that yours. was Fish. that was Rome's. Yeah. I'll I'll go over my first stink got, of the week. I got here. all I got all distracted, and we touched on this earlier. I called it Raheem Mostert. <laughs> it's not. I would say it's not his fault that it's that he's a stink of the week, but it is his fault. He gets hurt every damn year. <laughs> he was great. He had two rushes for twenty yards, or right. So he's averaging ten yards carry, and he gets hurt. I really think he would have benefited and still had a great game if they didn't try to lean on him like he was a bell cow. Not that they even got to got to, but the fact that they benched Sherman. I don't know. I mean, he didn't get the chance to, but I feel like he's a running back who benefits a lot more from ne- not necessarily starting the game and being used with less carries with a lot higher upside. And let's be real, it's it's almost like karma hit when they were like, we're going to bench one of our running backs and we're going to go with Elijah Mitchell, who did great and did fine, and Jermichael Hasty. Like, it's it was... I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it was bound to happen. Once they announced that, I knew. I was like, oh, he's done. It's over. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. And, and people started him. That's why he's my stink. And it's like, I know, like I said, I know it's not necessarily a performance thing. It's an injury. But, I mean, it's week one. You're depending upon him to be healthy for a few weeks. Definitely. Definitely. Any other uh, bad performances you guys want to highlight before we move on? Yeah, I think everybody was really ready for Julio Jones. To be pretty damn, to be better than he actually was. But I was just looking up his stat line, and it's like, I mean, (laughs) 
I don't know, dude, three for six for 29 yards against Arizona where it's like. And they had to throw like, the ball man. a lot, too. Against exactly. Arizona, they're down by a lot. They had th- He punched somebody in the game, got a 15-yard penalty. It would have been third and one, and the coach was not happy. I guess you could just say Tennessee in general. The entire offense didn't look good. Uh, what about Atlanta in general? Well, I guess Atlanta not in general. Mike Davis looked serviceable. He could have benefited from a touchdown. Cordell Patterson was in there for a lot of snaps. Calvin Ridley, not good. You know what? Russell actually, Gage, a, a player I, I, I want to talk about that was also kind of like a bonus stink of the week would be James Robinson. You know, with the uh, ETN injury, you know, you're expecting him to get the majority of the carries. Carlos Hyde actually, you know, Urban Meyer and Carlos Hyde go back to their dick sucking days in, in college. So, I mean, he was just bringing it back. And Carlos Hyde, excuse me, he got more play. He outrushed him. I think they actually had about the same amount of snaps. I believe I read that somewhere. But I mean, Carlos Hyde outperformed James Robinson. You know, I is this going to be? I don't know if this is going to be a thing all year. Yeah, I'm starting to think. I know it's week one, but I'm starting to think that Urban Meyer should go back to coaching college football. It's been proven that. Why are you using Carlos Hyde over? Somebody who's a proven bell cow, like just because you coach me in college, you could do that, right? Because everybody's twenty fucking two years old or younger, and it's it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean it's just disappointing. Actually, uh, Director Ross just put a note that J. Rob actually had a two to one snap advantage over Hyde, but Hyde actually just outperformed him, and that that to me is more. And and that's the thing, Urban Meyer, uh, he he might not be a. Uh, NFL coach for very long. I mean, a lot of these times, um, you know, uh, was it Chip Kelly, you know, dominant in college and then he loses his job and ends up, uh, going back to college and you know, that it just, it, it doesn't surprise me. looks you like know, we, you know, USC's got a job. Uh, Carlos Hyde had more rushes than James Robinson. That's the biggest thing that concerns me. Yeah. Not necessarily a snap count. The, like, the usage factor. Like, there's a lot of snaps where they're in there. And people are like, oh, he got a lot of snaps. It's like, yeah, but he's pass blocking. Who gives a fuck for a running back for fantasy well, purposes, you know? Urban Meyer, he did make the comment of we had to throw the ball 51 times. So, but, I mean, but Robinson didn't get involved in the, the passing game as much. He did have uh, – I think I just had it right here. He had six targets. So, I mean, he did kind of look his way. But, I mean, I watched that game because I was excited about Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, he was just hucking it downfield almost the entire time. He was not really looking Robinson's way. Um, looks like we lost Rome, but we're going to go ahead and plug on. Let's talk about some of our waiver claims of the week. Um, these guys are – I mean, it, it's tough to say, like, who's – readily available and who isn't depending on your league size and, and things like that depth of bench. But there's a couple players out here that, that we think you should definitely keep an eye on. Uh, I'll start it off. Elijah Mitchell, you know, he, he came in for Mostert. Mostert was hurt, you know, all sorts of banged up. Mitchell came out, ran all over Detroit to the sum of, uh, my internet's being slow. I can't get the stat line. There it is. He 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. So, Fish, do you have any interest in in Elijah Mitchell? Yes, I have interest in him, but not as much as most people do. 
My concern is that it's like I said earlier, like can what can we trust out of this San Francisco offense? Like is Sermon going to come in next week and get the bulk of the carries? What happens when, oh, fuck, what's his name? Jeff oh Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson comes back. What happens when Mostert comes back after, like, like playoff time? You know? Yeah. It's, you're spending 50 bucks on Fab for a guy who's not going to play in the playoffs for fantasy football? Like, that's my concern is he's definitely going to be used for the next eight weeks, but how much? And it, I just... I'm starting to think of San Francisco as run, one of those running backs by committee potentially. We don't know yet is the big problem, right? Somebody's going to pick them up this week, and they're either going to be right or they're going to be wrong. So if, if you had to – okay, our home league, full disclosure, we had a guy place an $81 bid on Le'Veon Bell. So our home league, it's kind of hard to justify an actual correct bidding price for a player. If I had me personally, if I had to put a dollar amount on Elijah Mitchell, I think I would probably have it somewhere in the seven to twelve dollar range, somewhere in there. Fish, like like if you had to put a fair bid, what would what would your rough estimate be? It really depends upon your roster construction. That's why I'm saying how much you should bid is is somewhat difficult. But I'll put it into perspective for our home league. I have Trey Sermon. I probably won't put a bid on Mitchell. And if I do, it won't be more than 20. It'll be closer to 15 is probably the highest I would want to go. And I know that a lot of um, free agent pickups, a lot of the best performing free agent pickups are in like the first four to five weeks. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that he's the answer season long. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want. If I'm going to pick someone up with a, bigger fab dollar amount than I said, which is, you know, 15, maybe 20 if you're desperate. Yeah. Then I'm going to want somebody who's going to not only be valuable now, but if, you know, if, if most search and injury was season ending, that number would go up. If Wilson wasn't going to be coming off the pup, that number would go up, but that's just not the case. They're going to have five or six good running backs. Mm hmm by the time the playoffs come. And I don't want to be there sitting and playing the fucking running back roulette on who's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're, uh, you're, you're not wrong, but like, kind of like you said, it, it is hard to place a dollar amount, but I mean, I, I wouldn't get too crazy with it for the exact reasons that you talked. Like, you know, if you're in our home league, you're going to have to bid $55 or something like that. But again, this that's just, that's our league specific. And there's a bunch of guys that are absolutely insane in that league. But I mean, right now, Elijah Mitchell is, he's only rostered in 10% of leagues in Yahoo. So it's just, uh, yeah. So, I mean, he, he's out there. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's worth taking a stab at one that I, 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 and do you want to get into a bidding war? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a player that I I put a question mark in it when we were having our pre-show talk was uh, Mark Ingram. I mean, it's do you go out and pick up Mark Ingram? Yeah, we thought that Philip Lindsay was going to be the bell cow. David Johnson's getting involved. I mean, it, it very well could have been the matchup, but the fact that Mark Ingram went out had twenty six carries for eighty five yards and a touchdown. I mean, that that to me is huge. No. And, 
No. It he's is only huge, he, but the answer is no. I could, so I could just, explain just, a little more why I think no. No, sure. it's how many times are they going to be up in a game where they have the opportunity to just run the ball like this? I don't think it's going to be, you know, they don't play Jack. It's it's a little bit of the matchup. Like, yes, Mark Ingram did good when they were not up. He's probably the lead back right now for them. But they're going to get into games where they're going to be down a lot earlier and they're going to have to go away from that game script. This is a, the perfect scenario we just saw for Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exactly how they want their games to pan out. And it's just I don't foresee it happening. Now, you could pick up Mark Ingram as a bench stash, but don't expect the same production. Yes, you could expect him to be the the starting running back, but they're going to have to I I feel maybe we're wrong, maybe everybody in the world's wrong about Houston and they're just going to be good. But that's yeah. my biggest concern with that. Uh, another player I'm vaguely interested in, Juwan Johnson, uh since no one's available to be thrown to in New Orleans. Everyone's banged up or out. He went out there last week. I mean, it was it was uh, three catches for 21 yards, but he did have two touchdowns. But what interests me about Juwan Johnson, at least in Sleeper, I'll have to check Yahoo. It's the same um, on Yahoo, the availability. Yeah, he's available mm-hmm. for tight end or wide receiver. So the fact that you could plug this man into your tight end slot, especially if you punted the position, if you don't have a Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, etc. I'd be very much interested in him. He's only 11% owned in leagues. So, I mean, he, he's definitely widely available. Uh, Fish, would you pick up uh, Juwan Johnson if you were if you were needy out there? I would probably not. I love the Saints. Everybody knows that by now. I think that he could get the same type of scenario more times this season. But he's a very... He's used very specifically. Mm-hmm. Red zone targets, short first down targets. Trotman's the tight end inside the 20s or not short down distance. Will that change? I don't know. But this week, I wouldn't pick him up. If he's available later and we see that change, then yes, I would consider it. But right now, maybe if I did pick him up, it'd be like I'm going to bid like $2.00 and stash them on my bench and see what happens in the next two, three weeks. But I'm I'm not I, I love the idea of him being some red zone target touchdown machine, but I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, another player I want to talk about, Zach Pascal. Um with uh T. Y. Hilton out, he showed up. Now granted, Seattle's uh defense isn't anything spectacular, but um Man, my internet is all sorts of slow. But four catches, 43 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, to me, he might be worth definitely a a speculative add or um, to just kind of throw him out there on your – on your on your bench and maybe try to find like the plus matchups or if you're you know in a league where you play three receivers or whatever he he might be something worth rostering. It looks like we lost. We're having internet problems today, guys. Looks like we lost. Josh as well here. He's talking about Zach Pascal saying to throw him on your bench. And I do believe that that is an option as well. I think he might be the number one target in New Orleans and or in New Orleans, in, in Indianapolis. 
a couple of other players we have marked down here. Uh, we were going to do a nice little argument with me and Rome, but we lost Rome earlier. So I will say that Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore, I will say that in my opinion, they're both about equal. They do play four wide receiver sets a lot, so they'll both get playing time. They both had the same amount of targets. Christian Kirk came down this week with the touchdown upside. I think that is could be split between the two, right? Like this week it was Christian Kirk. Next week it could be more. It's That's going to be something that you can't really predict. But I think they're both someone that you could uh, add. And uh, we had a few other players that we had here. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson got a lot of snaps. He's only a 3% owned in Yahoo. I wouldn't say pick him up in most leagues because Mike Davis still seems to be the guy. But he's also one of those players that think he could still be played as a wide receiver in some leagues. And the nice thing about him is that he does have that upside of either, you know, he's definitely the number two running back if Mike Davis gets hurt. Consider him in deeper leagues, but not maybe in 12 man leagues, maybe a 14 or beyond. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles. He had he would have had two touchdowns. Um and one of them was just the offensive lineman was downfield, but he had nine rushes for thirty seven yards and a touchdown. Average four yards a carry. It's definitely a good change of pace, but I think now that they're seeing good things from him out of Philadelphia, they may start to use him a bit more. And that is definitely an intriguing play. Uh, definitely worth a bench dash. Don't spend too much fab on him or anything. But if you have the capacity on your roster, stash him and consider it. Who are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we just we just, I just went over quickly uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. I did touch on Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore, and, and that we you know we wanted to have an argument with Rome on that. But but I just in my opinion we'll circle back on it since you're back. My opinion, Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore are about equal in Arizona, and they're both a player you could pick up. Yeah, and then the touchdowns that Kirk got could have gone to either player, right? Like I think that they both are able to make those plays. Definitely, I'd also be uh, interested in Tim Patrick, uh, especially with Jerry Judy now banged up. Tim Patrick had the touchdown, but he uh, he's only 2% rostered right now in Yahoo Leagues, so he's definitely available out there. So, I mean, to me, he actually might be my number one wide receiver pick over Rondale Moore, over Christian Kirk, over, you know. Tim Patrick's a very good wide receiver. I actually, it was, uh, I think it was Matt Barry, you know, very fantasy relevant, been in the game for a long time. He said that Tim Patrick is the best wide receiver for in football. It's just unfortunate that he's on Denver. If he was on a different team, he'd be a stud. And he is a stud. He's a he's a very, very good player. Now let me ask you this though, because you said he's your number one pick. I have all three of those players about the same. Patrick, Kirk, Rondell Moore. I suffered the injury from Jerry Judy in our home league. So I'm definitely considering picking up a receiver. Now, I lean more towards Kirk or more just because the upside. Do you think Patrick has that? Do you think his volume I, will surpass their upside? I think Patrick, he, 
I think the highest ceiling out of those three players would be Rondale Moore, but I think the path to the most relevance would probably be Patrick because he has the clearest path of getting volume, whereas uh, Moore and Kirk, a lot of mouths to feed in Arizona, and Tennessee just came out flat-footed. They did not look good. So, Yeah, one thing I will say about Moore and Kirk, too, that I forgot to touch on while you were gone is that A.J. Green did not look that great. He looked slow. Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore could be the – one of those could be the number two receiver I'm actually happy quickly. Christian Kirk looked good because I almost dropped him in our dynasty league because I was like, I'm never going to play this fucking guy. But Yeah, so that's – I mean, I think they'll still give A.J. Green a shot. But don't don't be surprised if that role gets taken over by one of these two guys. Yeah. Um, or both. You know what? We've talked about before how tight end is just this vast wasteland of a position. Are you interested in the Dallas tight ends either? I mean, I'd give the edge to Dalton Schultz, but with uh, the injury to Michael Gallup, so some targets are going to become available now. Are you interested in the tight ends? I am. I, I don't know. I I think the thing is with the Dallas tight ends is that which one gets the targets that week. I, I really thought that they would revert back to Jarwin. I don't think Schultz was like super – impressive last year but i don't think they need to be super impressive that's part of the problem and now that there's two of them and you're sharing targets what like who do you pick i'd say i lean schultz but i'd try to avoid both of them yeah you know what with all the technical difficulties we're having i think we might need to cut this episode here plus we're already teetering around an hour anyways um if we come up with more waiver stuff we'll have our you know, we'll we'll throw that in later in the week, but I I, I don't, I don't want to to ruin a good episode with us just constantly getting disconnected here. Uh, downfalls of recording remotely, but hey, thank you so much for listening, guys. We appreciate the support. Uh, get us on social medias at Filthy Fball Show on Twitter at Filthy Fantasy Football Show on Instagram. Uh, send your emails to Filthy Fantasy Football Show at Gmail dot com. And again, thank you so much for your support, guys. We love and appreciate you, and best of luck. Hope you guys won your week one matchups. Uh, you know, get at us. Again, thanks for listening. King Josh, Josh the King.